Let's play a theme song, guys. Yeah, uh huh. You know what it Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dynamic Panel. My name is Joseph, and I'll be your host and spiritual guide through the most important news stories of the week. With me, of course, is the funniest man in Ventura County that I know of. David Allen Fritis is here. Hey, what's up, you guys? It's a uh, small town. And <laughs> the guy at the party that's always hanging out with the dog, Mark Mangary. They're the friendliest things there. And we got a very special guest, uh, a great filmmaker coming out from Southern California. Pratik Cicado is here. Hey guys, stoked to be here. Pratik, uh, you and I knew each other back in college, but we haven't spoken in about seven or eight years. So I'll ask you like the typical, you know, uh, catching up questions that, that college friends usually do. Yeah. Uh, what are your current stances on politics and religion? Ooh, uh... Let's see. Not all at once. Not, not a huge fan of organized religion, but uh, to each his own. And uh, in terms of politics, I like to believe in reality. I tend to be more on the progressive side. So, you know, not super. It's crazy stoked, that but... reality is now a political stance. Yeah. <laughs> Are you in the reality yeah. party or the unreality party? Yeah, I'm, I'm on the reality and the don't demonize poor people side of politics. So... Very good, very good. But Pratik, uh, I think you're a very interesting guy because I know that you spent four years in Taiwan. Is that true? And and because people can't see you right now, you are not a Chinese person. You are an Indian person. Yes, I'm uh, Indian American. And, I was trying uh, to say that less <laughs> offensively as possible. And I think I pulled it <laughs> off, guys. It's like, by the looks of you. <laughs> by, by the shade of... What do you prefer to be called? By the sound of you, you are not American. You are Indian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so when, when I was in Taiwan, I would always introduce myself as Californian and it would just, especially when you're talking to old people, it would kind of like blow their minds because uh, I was traveling a lot and I was in a lot of like rural areas where they, they haven't seen, you know, a lot of Indian people in general. So when I would say I'm Californian, like their mental image of a Californian is like a blonde haired, blue eyed surfer dude or something like that. And you and didn't then... dye your hair blonde before going to Taiwan. What kind of rookie move is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you would just look like a, like a, like a Vogue model. Or something. How, how, how does a Californian, California Indian end up in, uh, in Taiwan of all places? Yeah. So I was uh, freelancing with a company uh, down in San Diego um, and they, their parent company was a Taiwanese company and it was a, like an audio tech uh, manufacturer. So when the American company kind of folded and, and went out of business, uh, everyone got fired. Um, but then- reported. <laughs> no, no, just fired. Uh, everyone was originally from California um, as far as I knew. Um, and then uh, a few weeks after that happened, uh, I got a call from like the, the head office in Taiwan and they're like, hey, if you want to keep working on the project you were working on, um, 
you know, you can come to Taiwan, work for us for like three months. Um, and so at that point, I'm just like, you know, I was 24. Um, so somebody basically, what I heard was like, hey, we'll pay for you to travel for three months. And so I just instantly, I was just like, yeah, I, I, I had to look up where exactly on the map Taiwan was. Um, and I knew I had like Taiwanese friends. So then after I said yes to this gig, I like called them up and I asked. Spoiler like, is in Asia. Yeah. I had to call him up and be like, hey, as a vegetarian, am I going to be able to like eat in Taiwan? <laughs> and and they're all like, yeah, yeah, there's like a huge Buddhist population. So yeah, it was the whole thing happened kind of on a whim. And then that three months ended up turning into um, like the contract got extended. So it ended up being a full year. And so, uh, yeah, it was, uh, like I said, it was a lot of just very impulsive decisions. Yeah. So, so uh, what's so interesting about you is that you, you went to Taiwan and you saw an opportunity to make a film there, right? Like, uh, yeah. after, after, I'm assuming after your contract was over, you, you got some creative ideas going and then you actually made a, a full length film in Taiwan. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so it was kind of, there's a bit of overlap. Um, basically towards that, towards the end of that first year, um, uh, a friend of mine, um, introduced uh, me and, and another friend who ended up becoming the producer for the film to this uh, group of farmers who lived about an hour outside of Taipei. And we ended up, you know, at first we went up like once, it was probably around like September, October. Um, and then we, it just became this like sort of weekend thing. We'd just always go up like on weekends to hang out with these farmers because they just, they would have these sort of like little parties where like all the other farmers were there. Oh man, where are these farmers bunch. growing, dude? Um, they were mostly growing tea. They're all tea farmers. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and so and tea they, they some fun tea. <laughs> yeah, so, mushroom tea, dude. Yeah, no. Um, and so we we just went up like pretty much every weekend, and uh, around the same time, I was writing the short story. Um, and we were kind of like bouncing ideas on where we could film this. Um, and then one of the farmers was just like, "Hey, we have this like." whole abandoned plot of land with like houses and stuff built there so you guys want to do it um whatever you guys want to do there you guys can do and so we had we had the location and so that's sick yeah, yeah that's and awesome. so um and then i got pretty i wouldn't say lucky but like timing worked out really well um i ran a pretty successful crowdfunding campaign for the company i was working for and so i got a big bonus and so all of a sudden i found sort of like temporary financial security so um me and and my friend who's the producer we kind of just decided like you know fuck it let's just go for it um so that january i quit my job um i think he quit his around march or so um and like we were just going around pitching to, to anybody and everybody who would listen to us um you're pitching to uh, uh financiers financiers yeah, yeah. and so um we one of my friends who i kind of grew up with ended up being our our first investor on the project and then as soon as he invested we were able to attract a couple of taiwanese investors um and the whole project kind of just like snowballed from there our original idea was just to shoot with dslrs go run and gun um but eventually we raised enough money to do like a proper um like full-scale feature shoot um and so, we so is this is this film uh, your idea? Like, was was it written by you? Uh, yeah. So it was written by. Um, there were three writers on the project. I wrote the original short story it was based off, and then I wrote the final version of the script. And then in between, um, 
my producing partner, Gideon. He also uh, contributed. And then uh, we had a actual screenwriter, Carol, who helped really flesh out the, the sort of bones of that original short story into a feature. So how did you write, because this, this film is in Chinese because you filmed in, in Taiwan. Did you uh, have someone translate it after you uh, wrote the script? Exactly, yeah. So we, we wrote um, all the original scripts were written in English. And then um, Gideon's mom was actually the one who translated everything into, into Chinese for us. And then we did oh, probably like almost like two, two and a half months of rehearsals with our lead actors to go through every line and like, you know, there are a lot of lines that didn't translate well directly. So um, because of a lot of our actors were bilingual, we were able to um, sort of massage it and like turn it into something that was, um, that felt a lot more natural for them to deliver. Um, and so it was a process. It was like the, the final script I wrote wasn't what we ended up shooting um, in terms of the, the dialogue itself, uh, but the, the structure of it was there, you know? So uh, I, I think you you have such an interesting path because a lot of, people our age take the more stable job. So like, mm-hmm. like it's, it's very scary to quit a stable job and then do something that you're passionate about. What would you tell people that are considering that? Um, I'd say the biggest thing is uh, make sure you have enough money saved up. Cause that yeah, is, that's definitely <laughs> yeah. Like we, you know, because we were in Taiwan, the cost of living was a lot lower, you know, like, um, I was couch surfing a lot during that whole process to save money. Um, I was basically surviving at certain points off of around like 10 bucks a week for food was the budget at some points, you know? Um, Jeez, so it was hard. Yeah. And like, you know, it, it goes a long way in Taiwan that ends up being around like um, 300, 350 NT a week. Um, but, you know, I, I did lose a ton of weight through, especially the post-production process was the hardest. Um, uh, because because we were editing a movie in Chinese, it took a lot longer than I, I expected, um, and and so like the end of that process was like the hardest part. Um, but yeah, like I'd say, like have the money and an amount in mind saved up um, before you do so, and that's you know that requires. I was in a privileged position of having worked a well-paying job beforehand, so I can manage that, um, and so you know it. If you're so also by, ha- by having say say like when you say uh, have have enough money saved up like my rent's about two thousand I've got about twenty bucks and four boxes of Kraft mac and cheese <laughs> is that enough to like start what I want to do Yeah, I'd well, say just like you know what, what go, go to Costco and, and get one of those uh, original like industrial packs of Top Ramen and then you're set and then I'm ready to go. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's yeah, that's ready. like three months right there. I yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, it is a pretty crazy scenario. Like, like a lot of people do have these passionate ideas and they're really interested in something, but they just don't have the resources for it. And True. Uh, yeah, like we can create a society where, you know, there, there's some kind of stability for everyone where they can achieve that. That would be ideal, but. Yeah. I mean, you know, that was, that was another one of those like benefits of, of being in Taiwan. It's like, I didn't have to worry about healthcare. Like, um, you know, I, I actually, in that process, got into a motorcycle accident and the whole process of getting x-rays and checked by the doctors and doing all that stuff. Um, in the U S I don't even want to think about how much that would have been. It probably ended up costing altogether around like 50 bucks U S um, in Taiwan. And so, yeah, wow. it's like, and this was, this was without health insurance. Like this is without the national health insurance. And then once I did have that, then all of a sudden like the costs were even lower. You they know? actually paid you money for getting hurt. 
<laughs> yeah. And so, um, you know, it's like Taiwan has a lot of really strong social safety nets. And that's what one of the reasons we were able to do this project and sort of take that leap of it. Well, Pratik's story is a great one. It, it really shows like the, uh, the benefits of, of chasing something that you're passionate about. And hopefully we can create a society where that's possible. And that's what we try to do at Dynamic Panel. We try to come up with great ideas to help society. But thank you for being on the show, Pratik. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah, get into our stories. As I said at the beginning of the show, what we do is we talk about the most important news stories of the week. And it should come to no surprise that canceled Dr. Seuss books sell for thousands of dollars online what? is our first story. Uh, David, your reactions to uh, these these canceled books that are getting so much money? Did you say thousands, as in like one zero zero zero? Yeah, that's that's roughly ten thousand craft macaroni and cheese dinners. Oh house. wow, that's 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 crazy. No, I I, I think uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know if canceled culture is uh, canceled culture is going too far, but um, I don't know. Did, it's doc- did you it's see doctors. the images of the doctors of the books? No, no, they're actually, pretty, think, pretty out there. I should look yeah. this up though, because I'm not trying to take take this on uh, ignorantly. Wait, what do I what do I look for? What do you I look, look up racist Dr. Seuss. But, uh, <laughs> but Mark, Mark, who do you who do you think is buying these books for all this money? Racist author goes to. Jail. You know, I think it's a bunch of uh, it's probably people who haven't read the books themselves. I'm thinking, yeah. or like people who have like seen the books and like they internalized it like oh yeah like chinese that makes people, a lot of sense chinese people and african people look this way and i want to keep it so i can teach my kids oh man uh Pratik, i'm assuming you grew up with dr seuss do you have any reactions to uh these people spending this much money for a dr seuss book and how much is the most you would spend for a racist dr seuss book oh the most i would not spend money on a racist dr seuss book but i do have a whole collection of pokemon cards if they're interested um because Clearly, they're into overpaying for stuff, and that's my uh, are, are there any racist strategy at the moment. In there? I mean, there's Jinx. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Controversial, that's true. Yeah, Jinx kind of just looks like the guy from Dragon Ball. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, like the female Mr. Popo. <laughs> yeah. Wait, uh, a Chinese boy who eats with sticks. That's literally... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole plot of the book, too. Uh, just uh, pointing that Chinese guy out. I feel like he could have been a little more crappy, but, uh, you know. I think that's of... the problem with, like, oh, you can go ahead, David. No, no, that's all I had to say. Oh, yeah, I think that's, like, the problem with these is, like, I think, I mean, it's, I think it's okay to draw, like, Chinese people and, like, Black people and all the stuff, but you have to be, like, more original than that. But this yeah. was, like, the 60s, so that was actually pretty original, right? Like, Dr. Seuss wasn't, like a, like, a creative genius back then. Or, like, he was a creative genius back then, but now we got so much more creative outlets. Oh, okay. So what, how would you make racism creative, Mark, if you want to take Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the final episode of <laughs> Dynamic Panel. We're going to get canceled. Or can- we get canceled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like the Dr. Seuss book. People will pay thousands of dollars to be on that. My question is, yeah, who is buying these? Like, who, who is buying these books? Is it, like, racists that are trying to, like, preserve racist books? Like, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's just very dumb collectors. It's just, like, I want to have something that's going to be rare. And they think, they think this is like buying uh, Tesla stock. Like, this is going to be valuable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you were saying, Pratik. Yeah, they want, like, the Pokemon card version of... Uh, poetry i guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah 
I mean, we we all went to the American uh, high school system. Do you guys think that there are other books that are not very woke either? Do you think uh, Great Gatsby isn't very woke because it just talks about rich white dudes? Uh, mein Kampf. I think that was very <laughs> woke. <laughs> what, what high school did you go to where that was required reading? <laughs> Donald Trump High. No, it's yeah. too easy a joke. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. No, I don't know. I don't, I don't know any other... Uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to really say because uh, I don't I don't I don't know how to read. No, I'm just kidding. I don't uh, <laughs> I don't I don't read a lot though. But I I I I don't know, man. Like I'm looking I mean, at these pictures and like, are they just saying like he should have like he should have like colored the faces yellow if they were Chinese? I'm not I'm not like maybe I'm not okay. Maybe I'm not. I don't I don't want to take the time that I need to focus on this. I want to I want to be in the moment here with you guys. Uh, do, you, do you think there's a more offensive book that we had to read in high school? Like, uh, I, I feel like Huckleberry Finn was pretty offensive. There's the yeah, I mean, like Huckleberry Finn literally had like right. a character that was like Edward Jim, like, right. and you know, like, is that actually, book canceled like, in in high schools? I feel like that's got to be canceled, right? Because like the other thing with that book, and like I haven't read it in in a long time, is like, like part of it was like humanizing the slaves which hadn't been done for that white audience at the time it came out um but like now that we live in this like completely different era we look back at it and like a lot of that stuff is like cringy right um do you think so, it'd be offensive if we just edited the word out of <laughs> Huckleberry Finn? yeah i don't know i mean like once again like i haven't i haven't read it since high school so it's it's hard for me to say like I'm sure that wasn't the, like, that was just one of those things that's still, like, kind of stuck in my okay. mind because of, like, I remember being in class and, like, having, like, white kids, like, say the word as they're reading it. With a um, smirk on their yeah, face. Yeah, exactly. I remember that. My English teacher just, like, looked at everyone while, like, the, like, like, the one white kid was reading that, like, one line and we're just, like, yeah. waiting for it. Yeah, I swear. Yeah. yeah, my English teacher, like, I felt like he chose the whitest kid in the, in the class to read that part too just and to then, prove a point yeah and then right mm-hmm. before like the n-word gym part like the the bell rang for lunch and everyone's like whoo you know, like, <laughs> so yeah. i believe i like the stuff. idea of a, a teacher having like a little sensor button like a little beep noise every time <laughs> yeah <laughs> when the kid is reading it out loud uh but uh, uh, that would make it more fun for like teenagers i feel like yeah. <laughs> that would, they would just make it into a game i wonder what like yeah. i wonder what like uh like like English teachers that were like black in high school and they had like white high school students. I wonder what that was like for them. You know, they're like, say it, say it, man. Just say it. <laughs> I dare you to say it. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm the other kid. thing, like, because I remember, like, I was like, you know, I went to a mostly white high school. Like, I was friends with all the black kids at my high school and there were maybe like two and a half, like, brown kids there so it's like you know in that class I was the the person with the most melanin um and so it was like people would look at me and as if like I had like a dog on this flight and I'm like I don't think that word's right <laughs> like it's in the book and we're reading the book and so um I just remember feeling extremely awkward in that yeah situation. my my high school yeah like my high school is mainly Mexican and I'm half Mexican and uh, like Chinese, Hawaiian, Portuguese. I'm like a bunch of stuff. So like, I mean, I don't know. There were, we had, there were like a lot of people said, not the N word, but like the, 
N word with a. I don't mm-hmm. know. Now I sound stupid, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it wasn't. It was like it was like understood. Like you don't disrespect uh, a culture of people like that. So, um, yeah, I think that was. But it was. So it was. You know, it's it's weird. It's always like uh, particular to. Um, yeah, like the, I guess the, ethnic makeup of the of the classroom. Wait, are you suggesting that you should only read Huckleberry Finn if there's a certain no. quota of, of students? No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. David, uh, that's very insensitive. You can't you can't say things like that. But uh, to protest the ban of of uh, Dr. Seuss books, uh, Representative Kevin McCarthy actually read Green Eggs and Ham. Uh, to, to, in, instead of like passing the COVID bill, actually, he he was actually just uh, protesting it by by reading this story. Uh, Mark, do you think uh, politicians are just focusing on completely wrong issues and they just, they don't know what's going on with society? Green Green Eggs and Ham wasn't even one of the books. That yeah, get banned. Well, I thought it was pretty offensive to to eggs. Oh yeah, no, I don't see color when it comes to eggs and ham. Um, they're all the same color to me. Um, you know, I think they are kind of like just using this as an excuse to kind of distract us, right? Like they're being, this is the, like you're, you're, we have a pandemic right now. You're focused on this, like really? And you know, one thing is I think that Green Eggs and Ham is probably the most difficult book Kevin McCarthy's ever read. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised he was able to finish it. <laughs> there's some pretty, there's some pretty scary, like $2 words in there. I think he was, I think so that was why he read it like publicly. He was just like trying to he was trying to prove to himself he could do it. Do you do you remember when uh, Fifty Cent challenged uh, Floyd May- Mayweather to read a page of, of Harry Potter? I always thought that was so stupid. <laughs> no, what? Like he offered five hundred thousand dollars if Floyd Mayweather could read one page of Harry Potter, but uh, <laughs> Floyd May- Mayweather did not take the challenge. <laughs> But we actually had a very special guest to commentate on the story uh, because all these Dr. Seuss books are being banned. We actually got one of Dr. Seuss's most famous characters to give his input. Uh, Grinch, are you you there? Yes, I'm here. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, thank you for being here, Grinch. I'm a big, big fan of your movies. Dynamic Uh, panel. I think it could be more dynamic. But who's asking? (laughs) You guys are funny. Great stuff. Uh, Grinch, what do you think about uh, society or the publisher banning all these uh, Dr. Seuss books from... Uh, I think it's like a lot of things out there, like joy and happiness, just highly unnecessary. <laughs> you think joy and happiness are ne- unnecessary? Possibly, possibly not. I'm not really sure. Do you think they chose the right books to ban for uh, for, the, for this uh, situation? I don't think so. I think uh, I think there were a lot of different books that also could have been banned. For instance, uh, Cat in the Hat. I don't like that cheery, cheery pussy. Yeah. I hate to call him that, but he's, but he's by literal, by literal terms. See, that's what he is. That's a very uh, specific term, yeah, sure. They just should have banned him just for the simple fact that he's cheery and annoying. Yeah, you're not too fond of these uh, cheery people. Are, are you glad that you didn't get canceled, though? I don't think I'd get canceled ever. People like me. I don't like them, but I, I don't, uh, I don't, you know, I, honestly, I, I don't really care if I were to be canceled because who needs me? Nobody needs me until Christmas comes around. Then all of a sudden they need me. 
What was the plot of the Grinch where they needed you? I thought you stole Christmas. Well, maybe they don't need me. I don't really care. Either way, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be square. I'm going to have green hair. Mr. Grinch, don't, don't sell yourself short. We okay, you. okay. I know you don't like the rhyming, nor do you appreciate the timing. Oh, no. oh man, we got him in the loop here. <laughs> be- well, here we are. Okay, so I'll tell you one thing, though, that the books were a little bit different when they came out. I don't think they were ever intended to be racist or racially charged. I think there were just uh, a few production errors that they might have had. For instance, some of the books uh, weren't written in color. There was just black and white. (laughs) It wasn't about whether or not black lives mattered. There were white pages and non-white pages. I don't think you're understanding the concept of of the political movement, uh, Mr. Grinch. But uh, I guess you met Dr. Seuss. Do you think he has any racist undertones to him? I don't think so at all. When I visited his house, he said, I don't care that you're green. You're welcome in my house. Uh, as long as you're not black. And I didn't really understand that. Uh, but I took, it, I took it at face value. Uh, I said, well, I guess it's okay that I'm green. So, Man, Dr. Seuss had uh, such an interesting lifestyle. Do uh, you guys have any last questions for Mr. Grinch before uh, we let him go? Come on, this is your last chance to, to, to talk to the guy who stole Christmas. Miss, Mr. Grinch, um, big fan, big fan. Uh, if Thank you, could, you, Mark. I'm a fan of you as well. Yeah, you stole Christmas and you stole America's heart. Um, would, you, uh, uh, would you just sign my books for me? <laughs> sign your Christmas tree. Yeah, please. Yes, I'll be happy to do that. Just go ahead and send them in the mail. Uh, send them overnight delivery. I'll have them back to you in four years. And don't forget to send all your, your presents too, because that's, that's kind of his thing where he just steals the presents. Right. Send me all your presents uh, and send me presents that other people plan on sending you. You won't be getting them back. Anyway, uh, thank, thank you for being on the show, Mr. Grinch. Uh, <laughs> thank you for having me. Goodbye. That was fun. Anyway, let's get to our next story. Uh, from Seuss to the Senate. Republican Senator Ron Johnson forces the Senate to read all 628 pages of Biden's COVID bill out loud. So and green this, eggs and ham. And green eggs and ham. <laughs> <laughs> which is, uh, yeah, which also took quite a long time. Uh, this, this actually took five hours of, of, of time to, to read out loud. Do you think this time was, was worth it, Mark? Uh, I don't think, you know, those poor uh, interns that they had to, uh, they've had to force to read this thing. No, it's not a good use of anyone's time. I don't think reading is a good use of anyone's time. They, they got interns. I thought they would get like at least like some drama actors or something to to read. Out. That would that would make it more exciting. But I've seen C-SPAN. It's not that fun. Yeah, that'd be cool if it was like a screenplay, like table read. Three hundred million dollars. We'll should have done like an intermission where they just read like the Terminator in the. I think they're taking this all too seriously. But. Uh, <laughs> But uh, Pratik, do you think this is a fair, fair, fair uh, thing to do? Because like, shouldn't we be reading our bills out loud to know what's in them? I think once again, like, I'm just surprised that they know how to read. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, I think it, it might have been an excuse for Ron Johnson to have somebody read it to him because like he can't sit through all yeah, 628 it's just easier pages. Easier than getting the the audiobook version, just making an intern yeah. read it in front of Senate. 
exactly they probably, they you probably know? had to make sure there was also nap time and everyone had their blankets and diapers on too <laughs> yeah uh, they're, they're adult diapers <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they're in defense uh david do you think this was a waste of time or do you think this was necessary i don't i mean i like i don't think it was a I don't think it was a waste of time exactly, but I think I think we should be I, I think I think we should be able to, you know, trust each other more as a society. You know, where I wish I just wish we were at that point where, you know, we were all we were all actually trying to change law for the betterment of humanity anyway, and not uh, you know, and not have to but I mean I guess that's what checks and balances are. I don't know. I just I just I guess I just like I said, I don't I don't know how to read, so that's. A <laughs> but but the fact that it was six hundred and twenty eight pages just makes it super suspicious, right? There, there's got to be some like weird stuff that they snuck in there. I mean, that's what you'd think, but um, but it's 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 always it's always the time that everyone like double checks everything that they're not going to try to get away with anything. So, uh, I don't know. Mark, what what would you put inside of a bill? Just in like in a long bill where no one's listening to to the intern reading it. I would. Uh, I would. Every American is required to listen to Mark's mixtape. Oh yeah, no, it's gonna be like me rapping, <laughs> just like a little quiet, like a, like a Filipino Hamilton. Rhyme. Right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, uh, going back to what you said, or yeah, like bills that are big are kind of suspicious, but it doesn't mean that they're bad. Um, it's like saying, like you know. Cat in the Hat is is better than like Harry Potter because Harry Potter is longer, right? Like not necessarily the same thing. Um, but, but Pratik, don't you think that all bills should be the length of a Cat in the Hat book? That way, everybody uh, think, can read it, including children. I think that would be ideal. But this was like a one point nine trillion dollar bill, so I mean, it makes sense that this one was a bit long because they're giving, you know, they were like giving and raising money for a lot of different things. Um, I think, yeah, like the average bill, like if you're, if you're passing, like if it's something like healthcare reform where like you're completely redrewing like an aspect of society, then that should be long. But there, there is like the issue of, and like Biden said, he's kind of bringing this back is like pork barrel spending where like this sort of add in like money for like a random bridge in order to like essentially bribe some Senator to like, most likely Joe Manchin to like stop sign it. <laughs> exactly. You know? And uh, so, I mean, like that is an issue. Um, but at the same time, it's like, if that's what we need to like finally start like getting shit done after, you know, like four years of Trump and like even eight years of like eight years of Obama were like six of them, the, the houses were split. So there's nothing passed in like those eight, six years too. Um, you know, it's been a full decade of just like, dysfunction within the senate and the congress um and so, Pratik, so congratulations you mean, joe Manchin, you get your bridge <laughs> Pratik, yeah. you mean you mean you i can't just make a bill that says make it rain yeah. and kind of just like <laughs> done with let's go yeah i feel like i could write this bill in like 200 words like just give, give people money <laughs> yeah i think this i think the standard i agree like i think the standard's so low that no matter how long it it, it, it were like no matter how long it was people would be surprised like we have to read the whole thing. Yeah. Like even, even, like, even yes, if it was like four it. pages, they're like, oh, come on. Can't we just sign the thing and go to lunch? There's like a section, like, I bet you're not reading this part. Yeah, like <laughs> that's probably what they said when the Constitution was written too. 
They're like, oh, can't like- we just? <laughs> I got slaves to trade. Can't we just get out of here? I feel like every bill over a certain length should just have like a full page of insults about Ted Cruz. <laughs> as a matter matter of both principle and tradition like you know it's like that's something that both republicans and democrats can get behind is just ted cruz is the absolute worst and so i think that should be like a, a contest that you can give to everybody in america you can write one page of this bill and you can yeah just and then, you, you know like isn't like that what you guys <laughs> yeah we call it cruise control <laughs> cruise control competition uh but the the bill passed this weekend so congratulations to america i guess uh do you guys think it did enough uh Pratik, do you want to take that yeah i mean like I, it does do a lot more than i was expecting like i've read um like yeah, I was very the bill. about it because like it, it gives a yeah. lot of money to, p- to people with children which is I, I think is the best investment you can do yeah because they're gonna get effed up if they grow up in, in a bad situation yeah, and it's one of those things like even the so the child tax credit or I don't know if it's a tax credit, but the the child credit like that's only supposed to last a year. But it's like one of those things where if people get used to it, then it, it's one of those things that that would be very um, popular to try and get passed on a longer term basis. You know, I mean, it's basically a, a form of UBI for people who have children. Um, mm. And so. You know, and there, there's a lot of good things in there. Like, I am kind of disappointed that there wasn't um, an increase in the federal minimum wage. Like, I'd like to see, like, $15. Um, and it's pretty stupid that that, like, the circumstances under which that wasn't um, included. Well, Joe Manchin um, didn't want it, dude. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. And so it's like, you know. But, like, but I think, I think like, it's, I think it's a good concept, the $15 minimum wage. But it's, it doesn't, like, help people that got laid off either though so. like yeah the, and then this, this bill does to... yeah it does do a lot for the people who who have been hurting the most you know like um like unemployment benefits like they they get to go till i think um mid-september now and so like that that's huge for a lot of people who haven't had income coming through you know yeah and it's they not it, memoratoriums on um what do you call this on mortgages and all that stuff yeah so, and student loan payments student loan so payments. You know, it's it's a good start. Um, I, I think the one thing I do I do fear is like now that they've used this like whole like reconciliation process once, um, they only get to use it one more time. And so, like, unless they do some sort of like filibuster reform, like we're not going to see things like um, like DC and Puerto Rico statehood. We're not going to see um, voting rights reform unless there is some sort of filibuster reform that happens before that. Um, so that's something I am sort of weary of, but it, it's, it's a good start, you know, and especially considering it's only been what, 60 days of Biden at this point. Um, not even, um, it's, yeah. this should help a lot of people that are suffering yeah. right now. Uh, that got really serious. Uh, David, make a, a quick joke just to, to cheer us up. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. I'm just, uh, the reason I haven't said anything, I'm reading the whole bill right now. So uh, okay. I'm just going to finish well, it. I'm going to finish it out loud though. So. We'll, we'll see you next week then. <laughs> what page are you on? <laughs> I'm on, uh, I'm on the page Ted Cruz four. No, yeah. really <laughs> I don't see David, why in the David, bill. That's the constitution you're reading. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Is that, is this? Uh, is I think that's how you, where you start. John Hancock. Gonna... Who's that? Who's John Hancock? No, uh, <laughs> I think, uh, what, why isn't there like a part in the bill about, um, about stopping COVID? 
Like I thought, I thought we were gonna put an end to COVID. <laughs> the COVID relief bill, like, uh, like yeah, I thought that was. There, there's sections about vaccination in there. <laughs> don't be uh, silly, David. No, I just want the I just want the fourteen hundred uh, dollars, but um, preferably in Bitcoin. Like, I do like yeah. that we're uh, we're kind of like we're prioritizing, um, you know, um, like uh, public health workers and stuff, right? There's something yeah. in here about that. After vaccinations. Okay, let's uh, let's get serious again. Go ahead and talk about that. Uh, I think I think we can move on. Uh, enjoy reading the rest of that, by the way. Uh, from COVID to carjackings, uh, Illinois lawmakers blame Grand Theft Auto V for the rise in Chicago carjacking. Introduces a bill to ban the game. Mark, I'm assuming you played Grand Theft Auto. What do you think about this story? It was released in 2013. <laughs> yes, but that yeah. but it's going to be re-released for the PS5. Government, you're a little late to the party. <laughs> also, people who are doing carjackings <laughs> cannot afford a PS5. <laughs> what? what are you talking about? Oh, PS5, PS5, yeah, yeah. A PS5, right? Like, this is why like, Grand Theft Auto is now under like, scrutiny again. Uh, these, uh, every year. Every yeah, the, the only way like Grand Theft Auto Five is responsible for an increase in carjacking is because people are bored of Grand Theft Auto Five because it's been out so long that they've resorted to carjacking. <laughs> yeah, and, it's, <laughs> and it's no surprise that this came right after like everyone was staying at home playing video games. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm like I'm actually surprised that that um you know more people aren't like I got a speeding ticket ticket. It's because of that damn movie Fast Fast and the Furious. Yeah, that could be the, the explanation you give to the officer. Damn Vin Diesel. I'm suing him for all he's worth. You he's should so try that, beautiful. Mark, with you. Didn't you get a speeding ticket? Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually, that's what I used. In... That was your case? Yeah. <laughs> well, Vin Diesel did yeah. it, so like... <laughs> he didn't get arrested. Uh, do you think video games actually make people more violent? Or do they, it just lets them out of their aggression, so it makes them less violent, right? Yeah, I think, you know, it, it, there's a much better argument that it makes them less violent because it gives you, like, a safe place to act on urges. I mean, um, you know, video games are all about escapism. It's just another form of media that's that helps with escapism. Like, the closest thing I've had to a vacation during this pandemic is, like, playing, like, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, where you get to, like, basically, like, go in a boat around like the tropics and like the Aegean and all that you know like that's literally like the closest I've had to like a vacation and like you know it's it's a way to get ideas out um yeah I don't think video games cause violence I think that's just if any if there's a politician saying video games cause violence like that's that's just evidence that they're too old to be a politician anymore in my opinion. yeah they probably never played a video game uh, Mark, do you think there's a better video game to ban? I don't know if uh, there's a better video game, but there's definitely board games that I want to ban. Sellers of Monopoly. Uh, Monopoly. Oh, Cards Against Humanity. You don't uh, like Cards Against Humanity? Uh, yeah, well, I want to ban it so that married millennials in their 30s can figure out better ways to interact with their friends. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I'm calling you out, friends, who... We'll only play cards. We'll I'm, only I'm sorry for bringing me. that over to your house at one time. Okay, I apologize. It was the fiftieth time, and I'm I'm not. I don't want to talk about my feelings or whatever. Come on, we got to play this stupid game. I just want to be a little dirty in front of my friends. I'm <laughs> a bigger excuse. fan of. Uh, I'm a bigger fan of uh, throw throw burrito. Have you guys throw, played that? Throw, that throw. that game introduces a lot of violence. Yeah, it's great. 
I've, I've never heard of I'm that. I'm not saying violence is great. I'm saying throwing a... <laughs> <laughs> throwing food at your friends. <laughs> throwing a burrito, yeah. But David, do you think there's a more violent video game that we can ban, like uh, like Miss Pac-Man? Uh, encouraging us to <laughs> overindulge and get diabetes. That was like very misogynistic loaded, Joseph. What are you talking about? I'm sorry. Me? What about <laughs> Mr. Pac-Man? Why don't yeah. we not? <laughs> I think we need to bring it back to the days of Mr. Pac-Man. I think we need a gender-neutral Pac-Man. Yeah. It's, it's 2021, guys. It's we just yeah. Need, yeah, we just need to change it. We just Pac-Man. need Pac. Yeah. Or Pac. Why did it? I still said, I still said change like the Mr. Pac-Man. Potato Head. We need a <laughs> gender neutral Pac Man. Uh, no, I think uh, I think we could ban. Um, no one plays like Spyro the Dragon anymore, right? Uh, that's for like PS2, right? That's quite a bit <laughs> yeah. yeah, Spyro. Uh, I think we could ban that. Because they're they're encouraging kids to yeah not because uh, it's dragon. controversial <laughs> yeah they're puffing the dragon I don't know man I like I love video games I think video games if anything they don't like like Pratik was saying like it's escapism if anything they they make you lazy and make you want to smoke weed they don't make you want to like <laughs> blow fire on boxes because you're you're like I think I'm a dragon now <laughs> but but speaking of lazy Pratik do you think the the politicians were just lazy like they they didn't want to come Absolutely. up with their, the root of the problem, which is probably like poverty or like lousy school yeah. systems. So no, it's got to be Grand Theft Auto. Like they've, they've, I would guarantee you, they have like younger aides for like, yo, the issue is probably the fact that people are really poor, like historically poor, and they're like, nah, man, it's fucking Grand Theft Auto. That's the problem. Like, where do you think they even heard of Grand Theft Auto? Were they like browsing through YouTube uh, play play videos? What do you call those? <laughs> Yeah, they're they're looking at Twitch streams from like ten years ago. It's like, oh my god, this is terrible. We gotta stop this. Yeah, uh, Mark, how would you even ban a video game? Like, like you you can't sell it at Target, but you can buy it online, right? You yeah. can't ship to Chicago. That you can't ship it to Chicago. And most games uh, are digital anyway. Right. It's it's so strange that they're trying to ban. I mean, like, I guess they can like stop Microsoft from or Sony from selling them in their online stores. But I just find it strange. I don't think it's it makes sense as a policy. And I think this goes Actually, too far too. It's like it's, it's like one step later we're going to be banning information if we're banning video games, right? It's like what, like eighty percent of video games is violent. Yeah, you could, is that right? Maybe, maybe, <laughs> I'm going to make that statistic up. <laughs> even Super Mario goes pretty violent. They're they're like beating up turtles. You're jumping on turtles and killing them. Yeah, that game Snake that, that, on the uh... yeah, it's basically like the turtle genocide game. I feel like Sim, like the Sims games, um, introduced me to more kind of like uh, <laughs> psychopathic tendencies than I, I love the Sims yeah. Auto game. Yeah, did you also used to trap them in little like boxes and not give them food or toilet? Yeah, I would trap have them in the pool. How I would have them uh, uh, sleep in their own pee. <laughs> oh, that's. Okay, I never did that. Uh, okay, I just added myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think uh, you know what I think they should ban. Um, they should ban uh, Candy Crush. Have you heard of o- obesity? There's a uh, there's obesity nowadays. Oh, I, I, I thought you were going for like the addictive nature of Candy Crush, where it's like, <laughs> yeah, like pay yeah, to play. Also, that, that's yeah. that's pretty bad too. Yeah, yeah the freemiums. Yeah, because it's basically like uh, like it gives you like this dopamine hit. And then you keep wanting to put more money into it. It's, it's like a slot machine. Yeah, true. I think I think iPhone games are next in cancel culture. Yeah. So uh, lawmakers ban Candy Crush. Don't 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 ban Grand Theft Auto. That's the moral of the story. Yeah. 
All right, let's get to our next story. And Candy Crush because remember obesity? <laughs> <laughs> like it's like it's not around anymore. Never forget. Once obesity. again, another like one page bill. Like all you have to write is Candy Crush is banned because obesity. I'd pass it. Even yeah. Ron Johnson. You have to read this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, from video games to vaccines. Uh, the first batch of the Johnson and Johnson uh, one-shot vaccines come with an uplifting message. So uh, there'll be an uplifting message on the vaccine packaging when they're sent out to the distributor. Uh, Mark, do you think this is a great idea? Like it's, 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 it's giving us a little bit more optimism for the future, right? My gosh, I think it's a lovely idea. I think uh, that, you know, it gives people kind of like a fun little like, you can collect them all too, all the different <laughs> sayings. Like, like, like little Happy Meal toys. Little Happy Meal, like a fortune cookie. You'll get all your lucky numbers on there. Like, who do you think is writing these things? Oh, like... Do, do so, they get the fortune cookie writers? No, it's probably, like, some kid in, like, China. <laughs> Please free me. <laughs> Don't eat the bats or something like that. Uh, that's it. That's, uh, that's, that's the message. Yep, this is the last episode. <laughs> I'll believe that. Uh, uh, Pratik, uh, you, you got the vaccine recently. Would you, would you appreciate uh, a message on, on your vaccine? Yeah, I mean, I think, so these were going on the box that the, the pharmacists see as far as I know, right? So it's like the people getting the vaccines don't see the message. But like, you know, if it helps keep the pharmacists happy, like I'm, I'm stoked I mean, the that, pharmacists you know? have like one of the toughest jobs in the world right now. They got like all these desperate people coming to them. For that, yeah, for that. and like a lot of them are also like the ones who are doing like COVID tests in certain regions, right? Um, and so, you know, any everyone's mental health is fucking in the dumps this year. And so anything that helps with that, I'm all in favor of. Um, I just hope like these, the process of adding the messages to the boxes like don't add additional days to deliver the vaccines that's like kind of where i draw the line I'm it like, took me three look. days to write this really great message yeah. <laughs> yeah. like it's i just came up with this in south dakota can wait for their vaccine <laughs> <laughs> but wouldn't wouldn't like some like like a message is, is nice and all but like that's not practical shouldn't they give the pharmacist like two tickets to hamilton or something you know to, to cheer them up i mean hamilton's like on free on disney plus if you have it right yeah, you right. have like your cousin's password <laughs> 20 dollar gift so. certificate to applebee's would probably yeah be here's uh, an Pratik, itunes gift card <laughs> Pratik, what, what was your experience getting the vaccine how, how did you get it uh so the area i live in um is let's say very red uh so there are a lot of doses that are being wasted here so um i literally there's this like corner um near my house where there's like a pharmacy at every like it corner of the intersection um so i went in and i'm like hey do you have an extra dose like if you're gonna throw it away just throw it away into my arm and it literally took one try um and they're like yeah we have a dose uh and so um i was able to uh basically that's how i got it um, is so, literally just so asking. you're like, oh, you're like, like hit me time. with that Hit me with that dose. Yeah, I, I just went towards the end of the day. Um, and so, um, so, yeah. so you're, you're like the guy uh, that goes to Dunkin' Donuts at the end of the day and asks if they're throwing away their donuts. And then Essentially, questions. yeah, but, but with vaccines. <laughs> but uh, if you get the first one, they give you the second one too? Yeah, so and so like basically, you, yeah, you can, you can schedule an appointment for the second one once you've had the first shot. Mm -hmm. um, and so, cause like you have to get it within that time frame for it to be like maximally effective. 
And so, yeah, I got the Moderna at the beginning of February and I actually just got my second dose um, last week. And it did suck a little bit because I had uh, like both times I kind of got like a one day flu, um, but it wasn't even as bad as like actually getting the flu. It like comes in waves. So um, both mornings, like the morning after I got the vaccine, um, both those mornings kind of sucked, but then I was over it within a day. And so I'm pretty- Was it a very pretty, relieving feeling? Like this is the end of one year of like misery, right? Like this is a symbolism of-, of Yeah, like I, I didn't ever think I would get emotional because of the vaccine, um, but I did. Uh, and it's just like, you know, it's like, especially because I lived with my parents for a big portion of this, just like one of my biggest fears, one of those things that always kept me up at night is like, am I going to like accidentally give this to them? Cause I was like the person in our family, like I was our designated grocery person. So to, to just prevent all risk, like I would go get groceries and then I always like shower as soon as I came back home and like wipe everything down. And just like, you know, now, now that, cause they're older, they've also got the vaccine. And so now that that risk, is just, you know, much, much lower. Um, it's a huge relief, you know, um, 10 out of 10 recommend it for everybody. Um, and so. And you didn't have to dress up as an old lady. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. You did, it, you did it anyway, but you didn't have to. I didn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> just, that, just that's the, the key word there. <laughs> this is a fall class. <laughs> the worker at Walgreens is like, are you wearing a wig, sir? <laughs> You know, this is—it's like I am, but I am young. <laughs> this, this is this is a lifestyle choice. This is not me trying to fool you. <laughs> David, is this going to encourage you to drive to Pratik's neighborhood to uh, to get a vaccine? It's not that far yeah. from you, right? It's yeah, probably fifty miles. I mean, I, I mean, I probably can't. Yeah, if you can get my foot in the door, uh, that'd be yeah. great. But um, but also, I hope it, I hope that if I do go get the vac- vaccine where you got them, I hope they do have those like messages on them I, I don't see what like this is a time to shine now if you're like a writer writing these yeah. you know messages on that <laughs> i like i long for this type of job like i would write on the thing i would put like uh quotation you know quotations shots 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 yeah, it's like all the all the greeting uh, everybody card writers have been struggling right and so it's like a great opportunity for them um you know we haven't been going to events or anything for the last year so this is a great opportunity yeah. to hire some struggling reading card writers. I think David just brought up a great point. LMFAO should uh, should get back into the business right now. Yeah. <laughs> there should be a yeah, commercial. I'm pretty sure they though. should admit, administer the, the vaccines. That's how we get people to to start uh, getting the vaccine is just uh, going in front of in the in the front of a club with LMFAO, <laughs> just like. The they're going to have a major comeback because of the vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, oh, like, yeah. they're like, this is the party rock anthem Blue Cross, everybody. <laughs> they're not doing if, anything. If that song doesn't get played in any club after COVID, I'm going to be so disappointed. <laughs> they should be played at every pharmacy during, during this whole... <laughs> that the pharmacists just get sick of this, uh, this song. But do uh, you think a lot of pharmacists are just going to like have a have a lot of people just very emotional in front of them. They, they must like see a lot of pain in people and then they see this relief. Like uh, maybe a lot of like pharmacists are gonna be super popular now. I, I feel like I mean, that's gonna be like oh, the most. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think like 60 to 60, like 70% of people will be very emotional. The other remaining 40 to 30% are still pretty skeptical about it for uh, let's say political reasons. <laughs> 
And so, I mean, I, like I, I have, a, being brown, I have a lot of family members who work in medicine. And so, uh, like some of the, the horror stories they've told me from this year have uh, been pretty wild. Like literally like, you know, like I have uh, an uncle who's a doctor in Arizona who has like, he, will, he was treating a patient for COVID who still like denied the fact that it existed. And then got this whole like letter from the guy afterwards, like, hey, thanks for the first page was all like, thank you for treating me, you and your staff were great, blah, blah, blah. And then the whole second page was just like, fuck you for believing COVID is real. Like, There's a bunch of like YouTube, YouTube videos. Crazy. Like, oh, oh my God. God. I yeah. mean, do you, you think that's a, a common case for like, because a lot, a lot of people are just uneducated too. Like I mean, a lot of people are kind of struggling and they, they're looking for controversial takes just to get some attention to, you know, make them feel a little bit better that they know something that other people don't know about. I think there's that. I mean, I think the biggest thing is just like Facebook. It's like when you see somebody you trust post something that's complete bullshit, like you're less inclined to not believe it, you know? Um, and like, you know, it's like, if you look at the top 10, like most like shared stories on any given day on Facebook, it's usually like, you know, just like right wing Tucker Carlson bullshit, you know? So I think people, people just like to believe in, uh, in stuff if they, uh, if they don't think society is working for them. Like Mark and I were talking yeah. about this earlier. We're like the flat earth people probably yeah. just like the community of being part of something special, like the flat earth society. Right, Mark? Yeah. And it's like, uh, like, so, yeah, social media is just making it so that like, you know, you have the smarter people who talk real good. Um, are in front and you can believe them because they are, they sound smart, right? Like they have, they can talk real good, real well. Um, and it's like, you have no other choice but to listen because everything else, like in a chaotic society, you're looking for that, you know, ounce of, of some kind of, some kind of order and believing that like, there's like this secret society that's like trying to, you know, take over the world is a lot more, structured than like oh the world is kind of chaotic mm -hmm. so people are looking for that structure like, yeah, people, totally, like it makes yeah, sense totally. yeah i like, think it's like a form of like you know it's like cultural elitism almost you know like it's still like i don't know if you know i don't know I've, i don't know if those words are too big for using right now on this podcast but like <laughs> <laughs> anyway i'm not talking shit about our podcast um and it's just like it's just this idea of like you know uh of civilization coming from the most eloquent you know it's like kind of just a farce you know yeah well it's uh i, I hope everyone takes the vaccine according to pratik it was, it was a 10 out of 10 recommendation mm -hmm. and we'll leave it at that uh let's get to our next story from uplifting to annoying Karaoke singer fined 2,700 pounds after terrible ABBA renditions sparked 150 complaints. So this, uh, this person was singing at their house very loudly and, and his neighbors or her neighbors were not uh, very pleased about this. Uh, Mark, why, why'd you do this? Oh, oh, oh I, okay. I understand. And I'm not just making that assumption because you're Filipino, that you, you like karaoke. Well, that was my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> and uh he told me that you know it's it's you just got to pay the piper at that point um also what um what abba rendition isn't terrible i mean abba is That's a pretty real. yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
pretty lousy uh, karaoke song to, to for, be forced to listen to over and over again. If you, if you had the choice, Mark, what, what karaoke song would you prefer to listen to over and over again? Um, it would definitely be Journey. Um, <laughs> don't Stop Believing. Over don't again. Stop Believing. It's not going to be LMFAO. Oh, shot, 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 shots. It's so, it's so, it sucks because this guy, there's like, what, 150 complaints? Is that like 150 different people? Uh, it I, might I be think... 150 incidents. Yeah, I, don't, I think it could be unique uh, incidents. It nece- doesn't necessarily, it it's could be like the, one annoying neighbor. It's over the course of two nights. <laughs> 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 I'm just mad I wasn't invited. Uh, David, how do you think this neighbor could be worse? Uh... I don't know. I mean, you know what? I, I hate to say it, but I kind of, I kind of side with like, if you're messing up dancing queen, just listen, man, just don't sing it. You know, that's, that's like, that's like my morning mantra sometimes, you know, dancing queen, man. That's, that's your morning mantra. (laughs) Sometimes man, (laughs) don't judge bro. Uh, okay. Uh, but (laughs) you mean you're like on just like a towel and you're like, Oh yeah, shaking your butt. If that little sometimes. shimmy, yeah. Little shimmy. <laughs> but but can you can you blame this guy though? Like you're bored at home. Like maybe your hobby isn't drawing or art or whatever. Your 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 hobby is singing karaoke on the top of your lungs. Can you really blame the guy, Pratik? So as somebody who sucks at karaoke and like who avoids it because I fear this exact scenario. <laughs> You'll get noise complaints and fines. Yeah, and noise complaints. <laughs> I'll cause some sort of physical harm or injury to somebody who happens to be in the vicinity of being able to hear me. Um, I can kind of blame them. Like, you got to have some self-awareness. And it's like, if you're really bad at singing ABBA, maybe don't sing ABBA. You know, it's just like common courtesy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm thinking like, like this man, dude. Like, yeah. yeah yeah go ahead no yeah oh what i was gonna say is this, this dude stacked up 150 complaints like that doesn't happen overnight that means like he got some I complaints scored. and then he like doubled down <laughs> then he got more complaints and he doubled down again <laughs> and he just kept doubling down until finally they're like you know we need to cause you financial pain this is this is mm-hmm. causing me emotional distress and like everybody's trapped in their house right so it's like if you can't even like have a sense of comfort in your own house i'm like that's that you're being a fucked up neighbor exactly i'm more i'm more pissed at this guy for like uh like leaving people like like almost almost glad that social like no one can gather socially anymore everyone's probably like oh thank god there's no more karaoke this guy sucks yeah (laughs) i mean like you go you could do like you know a lot of people in taiwan like they have those like portable karaoke machines so you could grab one of those and take it to a park or to like the middle of the forest away from people you know the middle of the forest yeah (laughs) yeah but like you know it's like if you're if you're in an apartment complex like thin walls then yeah that's on you like just don't be a dick you know mark mark how could how could this neighbor apologize should he should he bake him like abba cookies or something you should just sing an apology (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry is there a sorry song uh, too late to apologize. Yeah, he's oh, too, too late to apologize. apologize. Yeah. That's good. Uh, <laughs> and then he'll rack up another 150 yeah. complaints. Yeah. Too late. Uh, what's uh, what's a better punishment for for this guy, David? Uh, Having his uh, his voice box. Other, or- than, other than being fined. 
Um, Being forced to soundproof <laughs> his house. They should make him sing for uh, uh, American Idol. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Simon Cowell should come to his house and criticize him. Yeah, they should just like have him. They should just like they should have just like started. Uh, they should have just made him viral. And then everyone's like, boo, you suck. And then he would have just stopped, you know, at like 25 complaints. Uh, do, Mark, do you have an opinion on the most annoying karaoke song to choose besides ABBA? Uh, as uh, a Filipino man, there is no, all songs are, um, the coconut all songs song. are fair game. Oh, the coconut song. If anyone um, is not familiar, there is a coconut song. Um, that is, uh, it's a Filipino song. I, you should look it up. It is the most annoying song in the world. I, I, so I would highly recommend listen, looking it up too. It's, it's, it's very interesting. And, and there's like a Filipino version of K-pop singers that are doing it too. And it's, it's, it's nice that they're making an effort to give K-pop a run for their money. Wait, Phil. Okay. It's a Filipino song. It's a coconut song. Yeah. Look at the, look, look up the lyrics. Okay. All right. Hold on. What do I type in? Like, um, coconut? Filipino coconut song? I mean, just yeah. the it's coconut in Tagalog. song. It's in Tagalog? No, no it's in English. Oh. But, uh, oh, it's, to... called, it's called The Coconut. Yeah. It's a fun song, and I wouldn't uh, recommend listening to it on karaoke on a loop if you could avoid it. Well, uh, if, well can, I t- can I kind of recite the lyrics here? Yeah, sure. Um, it's, but read it in uh, a dramatic Shakespearean voice. Also in, uh, in Dr. Seuss. <laughs> the coconut nut is a giant nut. If you eat too much, you'll get very fat. Now the coconut nut is a big, big nut, but it's delicious. Nut is not a nut. It's not. What? It's it's not a nut, <laughs> which is true. The song has some truth to it. So it's educational. Yeah, it's very educational. It's <laughs> teaching like, kids about. It's like Baby Shark. Oh, that'd be a terrible karaoke song. <laughs> actually, I, yeah, think, I think that's the new winner. Actually. Baby Shark, yep. I would go over Baby Shark. Oh, uh, I know all of the lyrics by heart to Baby Shark. I mean, there's only two lyrics. It's not that hard to know by heart, David. Yeah, true. Yeah, no, there's, there's, uh, you got to do the whole family, though. Anyway, uh, on that note, it's t- uh, I think it's time to end the show. We're having too much fun here. Uh, but before we end the show, uh, Pratik, do you have anything to promote? Uh, what's the name of your movie that you were mentioning earlier? Yeah, it's called uh, At Road's End. Um, I'm not sure where it is online right now, but uh, if you want to see it, you can send me a message on social. Uh, it's pr- on pretty much everything. It's at Pratik Suketu. If you don't know how to spell that, you're probably racist. I'm just kidding. It's uh, P-R-A-T-I-K-S-U-K-E-T-U. That's, that's a very direct way of getting a movie now. Like you, you actually have to just message the director. <laughs> Uh, yeah i mean uh like i have a copy on my own vimeo um and so that, that's the way i've been sharing it <laughs> uh, okay got it so it's like a private link and then you just gotta ask uh Pratik. and you can you can venmo him some money too just uh to support the artists as well yeah exactly yeah. uh do you do you other guys have anything to promote uh follow me on instagram at mark mangarai Ooh. If you don't know how to spell that, you're also <laughs> Then you're normal, because that's a very difficult last name. And on, on Mark's Instagram, he's going to be performing the coconut song. <laughs> song over and over again. Yeah. Uh, David, you got anything? Uh, no, not really. You know, I've just, uh, I, don't, I don't really have a lot going on uh, other than uh, a YouTube channel that I've been working on. 
at Lex and Dave do stuff. You can also follow my Instagram, uh, Lil Davy Fritos. Uh, also, you know, like I said, not a lot going on these days. Also, uh, follow the dynamic panel. Oh, that's this podcast. And uh, <laughs> follow the dynamic panel. Otherwise, I don't really have a lot going on, you guys. Not really. Uh, just follow those three things. You know, you've been listening to dynamic panel. Subscribe. And uh, oh, I would yeah, like to promote the, uh, the CVS pharmacy behind Pratik's house in Ontario, California. Go there if you want to get a vaccine. Apparently, it's not yeah. that hard. Just, just Joseph, go before closing. You shouldn't be telling them our secrets. <laughs> I was going to go there tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you're going to drive 600 miles to Ontario, California. <laughs> uh, anyway, on that Pratik. note, it's time to end the show. So uh, for uh, Mark Pratik and David, my name is Joseph. Thank you for listening to Dynamic Panel.